Welcome to the Aporia podcast. Remember, you can listen to this podcast on all the major platforms. If you like the show, you'll love the Aporia magazine. Find the link in the show notes along with our Twitter and a link to the bonus questions we ask our guests. Today, I'm speaking with Peter Hitchens. Peter has been one of the UK's most important journalists for many decades now. He worked as a foreign correspondent in Moscow and Washington. He won the prestigious Orwell Prize in 2010 and is the author of many books, including The Abolition of Britain, which I have here, The Rage Against God, The War We Never Fought, and The Phony Victory. I wanted to speak to Peter, however, about a subject that he is passionate about, education, specifically academic selection and grammar schools. For non-UK listeners, grammar schools are free selective schools in the UK. At their height in the 60s, there were over 1,200 of these schools, but they were eventually closed down, they were abolished. In fact, it was Margaret Thatcher who closed the most grammar schools when she was education secretary. Now, Peter believes that these schools were an imperfect gold standard, but a gold standard nonetheless. And their closure resulted in the lowering of educational standards across the board, grade inflation and fewer bright working-class kids going to places like Oxford and Cambridge. Now, remember, you can listen to this podcast on all the major podcasting platforms, and if you are new to this channel, then make sure to subscribe. And with that, I give you Peter Hitchens. Okay, so the first question we have for you is what it means to be truly educated. You're obviously uh, a fan of Matthew Arnold's view of culture, that culture is about the best that's been thought and said, and passing that on to the next generation. Do you think that's what it means to be truly educated, do you think that's part of it? Are you a fan of, for example, David Goodhart's view that every school should teach something to do with the heart, obviously metaphorically, the hand, craft skills, and also the cognitive skills that you would have in a grammar school or a more selective school? I'm not a fan of anything David Goodhart says, but I, I don't think I'm not myself an educator. I don't. I wouldn't try and set out a curriculum for people to follow or to define exactly what it means to be educated. Uh, the, the Matthew Arnold statement is really cliche, isn't it? It just it allows people to say that, that that's, that that's, that's broadly what they want. I, but I know myself that I am very poorly educated by my own standards. I'm constantly aware of it. Uh, I wish that I knew more, particularly of the classics. I wish I could speak and write in foreign languages. And there are many, many, many other things that I'm discontented about. I think the the, the fundamental position of, of being educated is is to be in a state of informed discontent, so that you know you have a pretty good idea at least of what you don't know and how much it matters. But I certainly wouldn't prescribe to anybody what what they should learn, which would make them an educated person. See, this is this is quite concerning because you are someone who's. You, you obviously have a, a national newspaper column. You've written what I think of uh, as incredibly important books. In Roger Scruton's book, uh, England, an Elegy, he cites your book as incredibly important. So if you're saying you're not educated, do, do you think that... Well, I know I'm not educated. I, mean, I, I, I sabotaged my own education in, in detail around about the age of 15, and it's never recovered from it. And that's by the standards of when I was going to school. It's the, the, the very middle of the 1960s, just before the, the dissolution of the grammar schools, revolutionized secondary education in this country. So I was getting something approaching a proper education, but I never actually got it. So... so are those the standards that you look to, the, the 1960s, as you know, these Oxbridge dons who kind of knew all of history? That's what it meant to be. They're the only ones that I know. 
uh, I, I know what we were expected to know reasonably as, um, as, as educated citizens from an advanced country. And I, I, I could see perfectly well what it was I was going to be learning and what I was going to be tested in, but I didn't get there, so I, I know that I missed it. The, the fascinating thing about living in modern Britain is that, is that I can, people actually accuse me of being, being an intellectual. Uh, when, when I, I, I know for, for certain that my, uh, my knowledge is full of gigantic gaps. I just don't know huge numbers of things. I'm not familiar with, uh, with with important authors. I'm not familiar with important aspects of philosophy. Uh, I'm almost totally ignorant of the natural sciences. So no, I don't. I just it, it amazes me that, I, that it, it's a measure for me of the decline of the country that I can, I can pass as an educated person. See, the thing is, I, I struggle with this because do you think it's then possible to be truly educated if Roger Scruton is the only person who's truly educated? Well, I could never understand most of what Roger Scruton was saying, so it obviously is possible to be truly educated, but it, it, it's, it was plainly beyond me. So do you think there are only ever going to be a few people who are? Well, there's certainly only going to be a few people who are educated and knowledgeable to the standard that Roger Scruton reached. Uh, but I, I, also, I, I actually said so I didn't much like um, what I did try of his. I, it's, it, I have problems with a lot of people who are much idolised by others. I can't stand most of G.K. Chesterton, for instance. Uh, and I, I've never really got on with Roger Scruton's writing. And when I listened to him speak, I found myself drifting off uh, into the, the realms of um, what you might politely call speculation. He's not for me. I'm not. I keep saying I am just a jobbing scribbler. But should it be people like? Yes. Sorry. Oh, sure, sorry. And should it be people like Roger Scruton then, or as educated as him as you deem him to be, um, who decide what the best is to impart? It's, it's, I don't know. That's been decided by the history of the world, and people have come to these conclusions that all the great schools and universities, which have existed down the centuries have refined what they have believed until until the recent revolution, what they have believed was necessary to know. Now, I'd say there may be another kind of society in which a different set of things might need to be known. But what the revolution has done is it's, it's fundamentally said that we don't need to know these things anymore. It's been a revolution against knowledge, against the canon of, of, of knowledge, against a set, a, a set idea of what's to be known. It's liberated people from necessarily needing to know anything and in many cases, it's, it's elevated the ignorant and the, and, the, and the poorly read to positions of great eminence. So it's not, it's the, the, whatever the new revolution is, it's not proposing a replacement of the old. Somebody might, in which case we could argue about whether it was better or worse. But it's plainly, to me, worse uh, to have a revolution which, which elevates ignorance and uh, uh, diminishes the importance of it, indeed pushes to one side knowledge and understanding. Is there anybody you could identify now who you think would be in a place to push a counter-reformation in terms of identifying what should be in a modern canon, for example, in humanities degrees? Do you think these people... There, there are people, for example, like Neil Ferguson is, is a relatively well-regarded historian. Do you think you could identify a few people? Who no, I, but I have no interest in that. Anyway, I'm, my, my view of civilization is irrevocably collapsing around us and I, I don't expect there to be any rescue I'm not sitting on a desert island waiting for the puff of smoke from the from the rescuing uh, steamship uh, it's over so I don't look for that kind of thing and there will be there will be people who resist it people who continue to, to observe old standards for a while but in the end they'll be driven out
And for those people, perhaps um, unrealistically, slightly optimistic, trying to survive, who would you point to? What kind of figures would you point to? On what locations might there be? Well, I wouldn't. They can look for them if, 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 if they're crazy enough to be optimistic under these circumstances. They can look for them themselves. But if you're clinging to the wreckage, it seems to me to be idle to start to, to start trying to design a country house. Mm. Yeah. Do you think? Do you see any hope in figures like Jordan Peterson or the kind of accolade? Absolutely thing? not. No. I, I mean, I think I think Jordan Peterson's uh, cults is an absurdity. Mm. Uh, have you read his book? The first oh, one. Well, the second one. Oh, I haven't. I, the first was enough for me. So, so I think. There's a nuance here, right? Because I, I read your review, I think, in The Spectator of uh, Peterson's yeah. book. However, what he's doing with his podcast, I think, truly is a, an emancipatory... I mean, the, the technology itself is emancipatory, but... Well, as I say, you're very welcome to it. <laughs> well, it's both a symptom of the demise of the universities and... Well, maybe it is, but it's, not, it's nothing to do with... It's, it's nothing to do with thought. It's, it's a cult. It's, 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 it's somebody off, offering some sort of... Uh, some sort of apparent hope. To watch the full interview or to listen to it as an audio podcast, become a subscriber at aporiamagazine.com.